morning and welcome to Faith FM Australia. You're listening to 87.6, 87.8 or 88 FM. Depending on where you're listening across our beautiful country of Australia, you're Mm. listening to The Breakfast Show. You're here with Mon and Tara. That's right. Taryn, who is filling in for Laya. Who is still in the States. Still in the Americas. Mm. He'll be back next week, though. So he will. Yeah, not, not the beginning of the week, but midway through the week. But um, actually, do you know what? He might already be back, depending on when you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Because that's true. this is the delayed broadcast introduction. Um, so we do our show live every day. And you can listen to it live. But we also have the delayed broadcast, uh, which is the one that you're currently listening to right now. If you would like to listen to the live show, it's actually very simple. You can get there two or three different ways. Just jump on our website. It's faithfm.com.au and just press play on the live stream. Or you can download the TuneIn app and search for Faith FM Australia. And once again, just press play. Mm. Or you can, I don't know, get on the correct radio frequency. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know how you even get to the delayed broadcast. No. Neither do I. Mm. Mm. Don't know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we hope you find the right one somehow. Yes, and join us live. It's so much more fun when you're with us live. Yeah, because you can call us and we can talk yeah, to you. Yeah, we can like stick you on the radio. Yeah. And you can like claim the prizes. And, and chime in for the quiz because yeah. today's quiz was quite a hard one. Was, and so far, no one's got no it No one's yet. got yeah, it. Yeah. So, hey, if you're listening to the delayed broadcast, then even on the live day, mm. no one got it. So, mm. it's still up still, for grabs. Yeah, it's still valid. Give mm. us a call if you know what the, it's a what city am I quiz yeah. today? So if you figure it out, give us a call anyway, um, and just tell tell the uh, the person you speak to. It probably Shell. Tell Shell that you're listening to the late broadcast, but you know the you know the city. Yeah, the answer. She'll still send you the prize. Yeah, and uh, and of course you can ask the question of the day, but you can ask questions anytime, really. Yeah, and uh, you can get the free giveaway at the end, which today did get snapped up already. It was a good one. Yeah, someone mm. ch- chimed in for that one real quick. Yeah, but why wouldn't you? It was a really it good was giveaway. a really good giveaway. Yeah, but hey, Taryn, what are you grateful for this morning? <laughs> On. Yes. I am grateful that you showed up to work this morning. <laughs> you were a little bit late Just and I was bit. starting to sweat like, how am I going to do this on my own? Okay, look, look, and I, and I know our listeners, I'm, listeners, if you, know what, if you know what I'm talking about, give me a call and tell me or text me. You know how sometimes you wake up earlier than your alarm and you're like, oh, I'm just going to get up and I'll have extra time. And then yeah. you feel like you have all the time in the world. You and become so you, overly ambitious, don't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Mm. And so you start adding extra things into your morning routine uh-huh. and then suddenly that takes all a little bit too long and then you've bitten off more than you can chew mm-hmm. and the next thing you're late. Ah, <laughs> like this morning. Yeah. And what did you have to do to get here quicker, Mon? Run through the garden like got my shoes wet, which are now sitting in front of the heater drying off. Shame. <laughs> so I, I managed to squeeze in an extra workout today. So I do feel good wow, about that. Wow, an yeah. extra one. So does that mean you're still going to the gym? Yeah, so I do a, workout, a little workout when I wake up in the morning. Oh, and yeah. then I go to the gym after the show. So today I did two workouts this morning. What? Good on you. Yeah, they're not like really – like when I go to the gym, I mostly do cardio. But this uh-huh. time it was like when at home, just in the living room. It was too cold and wet to be outside mm-hmm. at the moment. So I do um like strengthy training. Any kind uh-huh. of against your own body weight stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so like push ups and squats and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that kind of cool. thing. Cool. Yeah, lying on the ground. I call it my cockroach routine because oh, yeah. I lie on the ground on my back and I have my legs flailing around in the uh, in the air above me, and you know doing stuff. <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> you look like a dying cockroach. Yes, and that is actually what I'm grateful for this morning. Well, yeah, I'm grateful for this juicing that I'm doing because I'm not having any pains afterwards good. after working out. Yeah, um, which is well, it's good and it's weird because you know, as anyone who knows, when you work out or start making healthy decisions. 
you don't see the results straight away. You don't yeah. like work out today, and then tomorrow you have abs. That's it. Because you know that saying, today's decisions are this month's decisions are next month's body. Mm. So pain is off, often the way to tell it's working. I have no pain because I've been juicing, so I get to work out harder. Anyway, stay tuned. Great programming coming today. I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses The voice I hear Falling on my ear The Son of God discloses And He walks with me And He talks with me And He tells me I am His own And the joy that we share as we tarry there Nobody else has ever known He speaks and the sound of His voice All the birds hush their singing The melody that He gave to me is in my heart Just a ring, a ring, a ring, a ring, a ring And He walks with me And he talks with me And he tells me I am his own And the joy that we share As we tarry there Nobody else has ever known Welcome back to Faith FM. Sorry about the delay. That just got my headphones tangled up. <laughs> uh, well, that was a really boppy little it zippy was, wasn't I quite it? enjoyed it. Yeah. And we have a little message from one of our special listeners. We're giving a shout out to Michaela, who super enjoyed that song. And we want to wish her a very joyful morning. We hope she's feeling as joyful as that song was. Anyway, Taryn, we yes, have a quiz we this morning. do. And of course, we also have already put up the first clue on our Instagram. That's right. So those who are on Insta are well ahead of the mm-hmm. times. Faith FM Live. Is yeah, that that's right. Okay. So this is a what city am I? I thought Ooh, I'd la. mix it up a little for us. I wonder if it's an ancient city or if it's a still standing kind of city or... Hmm. Well, you're going to find hmm. out. Tell us <laughs> all about it. Okie dokie. So the first clue is Heel, who rebuilt Jericho at the cost of his firstborn son was from this city. What city is it? Wow. Do you know? 
Well, first of all, I'm still surprised someone's called Heel. Mm. But H I E L. H I E L. Heel? Heel? No, I don't know. So, I don't know yeah. how to pronounce these Bible names. Yeah, I wish they were just called like Bruce, nah. <laughs> Tom, and I mean Jerry. we do have John and James. Yeah, that's pretty easy. <coughs> if you know the answer to a quiz, give us a call. The number is one eight hundred Faith FM. That's one eight hundred three two four eight four three. You can text zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Of course, message us on Instagram or Facebook as well. That will all work for us too. Taryn, tell us some good news. I have got some good news this morning, Mon, that I want to discuss with you. And uh, this news is about one of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. Do you know Chris Pratt? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Have you seen anything that he's in? Uh, I think so, yeah. What what one was I it? I think like the one where he's like in outer space or something. Oh, yeah. Okay. I actually haven't seen those ones. Okay. But I saw Parks and Rec. So he oh, was yes, in Parks yeah. and Rec, mm-hmm. right? As Andy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's just an American sitcom that I thought was hilarious. So, uh-huh. you know, I really liked it. Um, anyway, so Chris Pratt, one of my um, favorite actors, is actually a Christian, right? Yes. And he's pretty cool. Like I follow him on Instagram and sometimes he puts up like these like little Bible verses and stuff. And I think it's really cool because, you know, he's like this um, famous person and he has thousands and thousands and thousands. I think he's got millions, like over a million of millions, fans. Yeah. yeah. On Instagram and all, all around the world. Anyway. So he was awarded the generation award at the MTV movie and TV awards um, on Monday night. Okay. Yeah. So um, apparently that's a big award. I don't really know. I don't really follow those awards anyway so um so pretty much what it was was like um the young people like i guess teenagers and stuff like voted to have like who they thought was an icon of their generation okay right yeah so that's how that kind of worked so um he was voted like as an icon of like this generation wow yeah anyway so in his speech, he had about four minutes and he gave a cracker of a speech. Mm-hmm. And um, n- not only was it just random stuff, which I'll, I'll share with you, but the main point of his speech was that he was there to uplift Jesus and to share Jesus with like millions of people that were watching. It oh, was wow. really cool. Anyway, so what he did was he gave nine rules of life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to... Um, and like he, before he even um, said that, he's like, um, because this is like a generation award, um, he's like, I'm going to speak to you, the next generation. And he's like, I accept the responsibility as your elder. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a really interesting comment yeah. because, you know, like if someone is actually taking on like he um, doesn't just recognize his fame as, you know, as fame, but, you know, he recognizes as at as a platform in which to influence the next generation. Which I think is really important for anyone who is in the public eye to remember that you ha- you you have an influence and saying, but I can do what I want is turning a blind eye to exactly. that. Exactly. You need to be responsible and realise that, yeah. you know, if you're going to be on a public platform, yeah. you do have an influence and you do need to take responsibility That's exactly that. right. And not only as an influence in the public platform um, in that way, but also like as a Christian, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I really loved what he had to say. So anyway, so he had nine rules that he wanted to share um it first you know he's kind of a funny guy so he starts off with breathe if you don't you will suffocate mm-hmm. you know pretty good rule to live by i That's thought basic, yeah. yeah pretty yeah. good um and then he went on and he was like the second one he said was you have a soul be careful with it mm-hmm. and i thought that was an interesting comment 
Um, the next one he said was, if you are strong, be a protector. Mm. If you are smart, be a humble influencer. Mm-hmm. Strength and intelligence can be weapons. So don't wield them against the weak. That makes you a bully. Be bigger than that. Mm. I thought that was a really interesting that's, piece yeah. of advice mm, there. Hey, advice. Yeah. Anyway, down um, a few, like a few rules later, he said, um, number six, he said that he said, God is real. God loves you. God wants the best for you. Believe that. Amen. I do. Amen. Yes. And same. I thought that was such a cool little um, rule that he put in there. Um, number eight, he said, learn to pray. It's easy and it's good for your soul. Amen. And I was like, well, this is good. And then the last one I thought was really interesting. And I want your opinion on what you think okay. about it. Okay. Yep. So the last one, he said, nobody is perfect. People mm-hmm. will tell you that you are perfect just the way you are. But you're not. You are imperfect. You always will be. Um, there's a powerful force that designed you that way. And if you are willing to accept that, you will have grace. And grace is a gift. Like the freedom that we enjoy in this country, the grace was paid for with someone else's blood. Do not forget that. Do not take that for granted. What do you think about that one, Mon? I have mixed reaction to that. Yeah, so did I. So I yeah. want to hear your thoughts. I do agree that um, this whole like, oh, you're perfect, you're beautiful, just the way mm-hmm. you are. I don't agree with that as well. Yeah. Same with what he said. Yeah. And I think the self-love movement has a danger in that avenue. Yeah. And um, I, I don't necessarily agree that that God created us to be imperfect. No, I though. disagreed with that one yeah. very he, much. You so, know, yeah. any imperfection is a result of sin. It's a, ref- yeah. it's a, it's what the devil has brought about. It's definitely not something that God designed. Definitely. We definitely need grace because yeah. we are imperfect, yeah. but it's not because God has created us imperfect that we need the grace. Mm. So, so yeah, I have, I, I agree with some parts and I disagree with other mm. parts. Yeah. So did I, um, but I thought that it was interesting, you know, that he would talk about something like this in, I mean, like if, if you think about our generation and you think about like what's what are the main problems and struggles mm-hmm. in our generation and you see so much about like you see so much depression and anxiety and mm-hmm. like suicide increasing yeah. and all of that yeah. sort of stuff and so i think in in regards to talking about um nobody is perfect like i think that you know, it was good for him to address that because so much of the struggles that people with anxiety and depression and mm-hmm. stuff go through is the the expectations that people put on them and mm-hmm. then the fact that they feel like they're falling short of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess in order to, um, I don't know, like I guess in preaching um, the fact, like imperfections and then preaching the grace of Jesus that covers those imperfections. Mm. Like, I think that that was a really strong and a really good message for our generation to yeah, absolutely. hear. Yeah. And I actually remember thinking about this kind of stuff back when I was 16, 17, you know, when you leave school and people like sign your book or they sign your mm. beer or they sign your t-shirt, they're like, don't change. Yeah. And I always thought it was the weirdest thing to write. Uh-huh. It didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. As a 16 year old. Cause I, th- I remember thinking, but I want to change. Yeah, exactly. I need to change. I recognize that some parts of me are really horrible yeah. and that I, I, you know, I wish they weren't that way. Yeah. And so I, I think we do need to change um, and we need to continue growing in God's grace and, yeah. you know, and keep moving forward um, to, a, you know, a character that's more like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And I loved that he just tagged on the end there. Um, 
and grace is a gift, like the freedom that we enjoy in this country, that grace was paid for with somebody else's blood. Don't forget that. Don't take that for granted. Mm, I thought that was amazing. Mm. Like that is the gospel right there, right? Like, you know, we are imperfect. We are sinners, but Jesus has paid that price for us you know mm-hmm. he's given us his grace and um but that grace did come at a cost mm-hmm. um it wasn't necessarily our cost it was jesus's cost yeah, he paid the price for us and i genuinely wish that we could change this this growing self-love move- movement to a jesus yeah, love movement that's exactly i right. feel like we're trying to to generate a love for for others, for ourselves, through loving ourselves. Yeah. And it's just not going to work because no. Jesus, God is love. That's That's it. where love comes from. Exactly. And we need to anchor into that before we can love anything else. Exactly. So I do wish we could, yeah. you know, I, I feel like the world is trying to, trying to have a perfect situation without mm. God, which will never work. That's it. So I think he did a great thing and, mm. you know, he's preaching Jesus and grace and prayer and God's love to millions of people. In an unexpected place. Exactly. Mm. So... If you I have an opinion, give us a call. Maybe you have a, uh, your thoughts on the self-love movement or on Chris Pat and his uh, his recent speech. Give us a call. We'd love to talk about it. 1-800-FAITH-FM. Stay tuned. This is Crossway. Took it all away. Of devastation Left so confused That it paralyzed my prayers An unexpected pain Tore my heart into pieces And just left my faith Hanging there But I rose up from the ashes of my despair And with your strength I stood and I declared That if you took it all away Every gift you ever gave The sun that shines in my days The stars that you display
Listening to the Faith FM Breakfast Show here with Mon and Taryn, filling in for Lyle. Yeah, his last full week away. He's been back midweek next week sometime. That's exciting. Yeah, it is rather. It'd be kind of weird having him back. Mm. I was thinking about that the other day. I do actually miss telling the good news segments. I, I enjoy <laughs> hunting for good news. And, yeah, you know, such a bright, bright spark of your day, yeah. bright section. Um, but it's gonna be weird sitting on, on your chair again and him mm. sitting in my chair, and then yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Anyway, here's another clue for this city quiz. Yes. So what city am I? This is one of the two cities in which Jeroboam set up golden calves as idols. Ooh. What city is this? Ooh, give us a call. 1-800-324-843. We did have a caller before and they guessed Jerusalem, which is incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. Have a little dig through the Bible and see if we can come up with a different answer. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, Taryn. Yes. Are you scared about robots? Um, yeah. One day they're going to take over our world, right? <laughs> our computers are going to come alive. And <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm um, through the screen. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not scared of them. I think they're pretty cool, actually. They're cool until they take a job, right? Oh, yeah. No, mm, thank you. Cool no. until they take a job. So I'm sure you've heard uh, Telstra is slashing 8,000 jobs. What? Yeah, and this is a plan to simplify its operations and reduce its cost base. Um, you know, and and these these are um, this is pretty devastating. I mean, eight, can you imagine eight thousand Australians? That's a lot of jobs. Who now need new yeah. jobs? Um, you know, all out there in the in the in the workforce looking yeah. for a job. That's a, that's a where lot. is this mainly coming from? Um, like, what areas? Do I you think know? it's going to be across the country. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, excuse me. I'm just going to sneeze. Oh, bless oh, you. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Don't you hate that? Oh, I really, really do. <laughs> when you go to sneeze yes. and then you don't. Um, yeah, so it's going to be um, cutting 8,000 employees and contractors, including uh, you know executive and middle management roles. Mm-hmm. And they're saying it's to flatten the structure. And um, this, I, I'm i a little bit dubious about this, mm-hmm. as per usual, yeah. dubious mon. Um, <laughs> I do believe that they've probably, you know, found a way to do stuff online or you know via a computer or or, Mm -hmm. you know some sort of robot system yeah um because i just recently saw i just yesterday actually i saw a video um about the four d's of robotization okay what are the four d's of robotization so this is how they're developing robot robots Uh to um do the four jobs that they reckon humans don't want to or shouldn't do. Ah. So the four Ds being dull jobs, dirty jobs, dangerous jobs, and dear jobs. Dear meaning D- expensive. Oh, expensive. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes, yeah, so the four Ds. And uh, and they were saying things, you know, like um, like rubbish collection and uh-huh. you know, and anything that involves you know sharp edges, like butchering that kind of thing. And um, I'm I'm a little bit surprised, you know, and, and also it, with dull jobs, they reckon like hotels, 
you know the person in the in, who does a check in and that kind of uh-huh. thing. And that they're actually already in Japan. I've, I watched a documentary recently about Japan. There already are hotels in Japan where the entire thing is manned by robots. Oh. So you have like a robot check in. A robot takes your um, suitcase up to your room. Yeah. A ro- you could speak to a robot uh, hub in your room if you want, like you know, extra towels wow. or something. And there might be like one or two people in the actual whole hotel. Wow. Just in case you know the robot stuff up. That's insane. Yeah. So it's it's a very it's, and yeah. Watching that documentary, I couldn't help but thinking it was so very clinical and very yeah. lonely experience. Well, uh, the other night, like on Saturday night, my friend went down to Sydney. Um, she just went out for dinner with other friends, mm-hmm. and um, she got back and she was telling me, like, she showed me this picture, right, of these robots waitressing like yeah. waiting mm-hmm. and waitressing like mm-hmm. on tables and stuff like there's this full on robot like carrying plates yep, of carrying food and stuff mm-hmm. I was like that's so weird yeah so so dull jobs like um like stuff from in hotels and even hospitals then you have dirty jobs um you know anything to do with the sewer yeah um, uh, autopsies, mind Ooh. exploration, um, milking cows. Oh, although milking cows has already become, you know, quite a lot of yeah. robotic stuff has happened since you machines. Know, yeah, yeah, you know, you used to have to have like a, a milk every cow mm. singly, or have a team of people milking a whole herd of cows. Now you just have one guy who just like puts the little suction the things, things on, in, yeah. and away they go. You can do like you know hundreds in, in, in yeah. a matter of moments. Then you have dangerous stuff, uh, which we're already using robots for dangerous, uh, like military situations, space exploration bomb investigations and detonations um security and police work even there's already a robocop that serves at the dubai police force wow yeah would you believe and then and then expenses stuff the deer stuff so um you know if if it results it results in saving money or reducing delays uh so a lot of like construction project job site um i i do you know what? I know it's innovative and it's cool mm. and it's interesting and soon it'll be normal. Yeah. Just like the same way we now think, you know, milking cows through all those little yeah. things is normal now. Yeah. And the same way we all think having a computer is normal and mm. we send email instead of posting a letter with the mailman is normal. Yeah. But I do, I do still like dig my heels in a little bit at that, at that point of change. Yeah. Because I think it's sad and I know, I don't know, tell me what you think I'm, I'm, I'm being nostalgic or something. But I, I think it's sad that we create these robots to take the jobs of humans and then the humans all get cut and they all lose their jobs. But then I do know that humans are, you know, the most adaptive species yeah. out there. And then we change, we find new jobs. You know, we had the industrial revolution yeah. then we had the digital revolution and, and every single time people have, you know, managed to change and, and move on. Yeah. But, but sometimes I don't think we're moving forward. Well, sometimes I think yeah. we're going in a bad direction. I just don't think that they're making enough other jobs available. That's it. Does yeah. that make sense? Like yeah. they're culling these jobs, but they're not necessarily promoting. So like, okay. So like they're making all of these robots mm-hmm. now. So surely there would be more, more jobs in the making of robots, right? Like, yeah. but I feel like that requires higher education. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that higher education isn't being promoted or it's funded available. or yeah. available. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly and right. It's quite a niche uh, market oh, if you think about. Definitely. Like, who's going? You know, not all of us. Who's going to speci- specialize in robots? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you have to be pretty clever for that as well. Oh, and for I, sure. I don't think that many. Pe- I, I personally wouldn't be interested in the engineering and the science it takes no. to create a robot. I'd much rather be like. On the radio. Oh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, <coughs> oh, excuse me. 
But I also I also think that um, you know maybe is is this maybe why the government you know in recent years has really sort of encouraged and pushed and created like small funding for small business owners to get yeah, started. Okay, but at the same time I I feel like our society doesn't much like you said it doesn't um, create uh like enough jobs that it doesn't create like I, I don't feel like a lot of people feel empowered enough mm. that they, they would be like do you know what i'm gonna start my own business my own small business mm. i'm gonna because if you think about it, like opening a mom and pop shop like a corner store is yeah. no longer a thing anymore no. because woolies and coals are taking exactly every, all the big giants like you know yeah bunnings takes over all the hardware yeah. and you know ikea takes over all the furniture and yeah and i feel like I feel like some of us are kind of just doomed. Yeah. To do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. And then where does that drive people to Centrelink? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the growing line at Centrelink. Exactly. Anyway, so that was a bit sober, but um, uh, somber. But give us a call if you have an opinion about that. I'd love to hear someone else's opinion, where you think this might go. I'm going to be keeping an eye on it, of course, this, this robot's doing the 4Ds. Because um, I, I actually live across the road from a garbage man. Mm. Nicest guy ever. Let's me stick my, you know, unwanted furniture on his road, <laughs> on his curbside and then he takes it away for me. So I don't Aww. have to wait for like, you know, <laughs> a bulk collection. That's so good. But he's the nicest guy, but it actually made me sad he, watching, uh, hearing that on the news yesterday that they're going to work towards having garbage men removed and have robots instead. And I'm like, huh. Yeah, what about your neighbour? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, some maybe perhaps good news. This might be heading a different direction. So uh, uh, Wednesday morning in America, which is – it's still Wednesday over there now um, – uh, U.S. President Donald Trump has actually signed an executive order ending the practice of separating children from their families in detention centers for illegal immigrants. Oh. So we have like a we're, he- yeah. we're heading towards a resolution with that controversy. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly if the laws are that people illegally crossing the borders are, are criminals, then fine. But the the punishment of removing their children is too harsh for punishment. Um, unfortunately, just because somebody signs something doesn't always mean change is affected. Yeah. Um, especially because they believe the order will likely be challenged in court. Oh. Which is funny because Donald Trump is like wearing the source for this yeah. one. And yet here it's being challenged in court. So wouldn't the court be the issue and not yeah, Trump? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm a little bit, you know, like, oh, what's going on here? So, um, you know, and actually it's, it's interesting to note that this, uh, the practice of housing children in facilities um, stems from 1997 from the Flores statement, um, settlement, sorry, um, you know, and then Clinton administration, uh, you know, furthered it. And then it's, so it sort of seems to have come to a head now, but it looks like we might be having a resolution. So we've got to keep an eye on that and see what happens. And hopefully kids will be back with their mums oh, soon. Yes. Anyway, once again, give us a call 1-800-FAITH-FM if you have an opinion about that. We would love to hear from you. Or if you want to take a stab at the quiz, of course, what city is that? We are going to have a song. This is Andrew Peterson with Kanan Band. And we'll be back after this with our guest interview, Wayne Ulrich. Very interesting. Troubled heart be still 
Welcome back to Faith FM. You're live on The Breakfast Show with Mon and Taryn. We have come to our guest interview and uh, we have a special guest who has joined us several times before and uh, so full of interesting information, um, stuff that we really need to be aware of that's going on in our, on our planet. Uh, welcome to the show, Wayne Ulrich. Good morning. How are you today, Wayne? I'm cold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sitting up here in Port Macquarie, and it should be sunny, but it's not. It's rainy and cold and windy. Oh, you poor thing! Hey, Wayne, just quickly before we launch into our topic of the day, just tell a little, tell the tell the listeners a little bit about what it is that you do. I'm the CEO for Asian Aid. Asian Aid has um, is supporting about four and a half thousand children overseas um, through different programs and initiatives. We have a lot of Australian supporters and, and people giving us assistance to help these children. Um, and, yeah, I have a team of about 11 individuals, mm-hmm. and they, we all work together to make sure that these children are looked after and well catered for and, and receive the right kind of treatment and care. 
Amen. It's so important. You know, children have been in the media a lot in the last week, especially with this whole issue over in America. We're separating families. Um, we are going to talk a bit some uh, talk about this actually very issue a little bit more today um, with orphanage tourism. Now, this came through an email came through an email to me last week. I remember looking and thinking, "What in the world even is orphanage tourism?" <laughs> Well, it's it's a topic that you'll hear a lot more of in the future. Um, orphanage tourism is about is what happens when good intentions and reality of helping children don't sync up together. Okay. Um, often, travellers who go overseas, or even backpackers that go overseas, um, you know, go to orphanages or get asked to come and visit orphanages as a, you know, part of their tour, mm. um, which actually is fueling the, you know, di- the need or the, the, the desire for orphanages to emerge for the sake of tourists to come in. Um, so it's a hard message to sell because we, we in Asian Aid, we, we look for supporters to help us. Mm-hmm. And what we're trying to say is that if you're going to help you know, children, individual children overseas, do it in the right way. If you're someone who's volunteered at an orphanage in the past, you're not alone. We all do it. We just have to make sure that we provide support in the right way and don't create um, or fuel the the supply chain um, in regards of demand and, you know, enticing people to set up orphanages as a way to display or, or to draw in tourists into that particular profession. We see it a lot through a lot of universities and through a lot of kind of um, facilities overseas that actually um, put up signs and say, come and visit our orphanages and and things like that. And if you're unskilled and unprofessional, it can often lead to um, a negative impact of investment in those particular facilities. Okay, so let me get this straight. So let's say that I was traveling to, uh, say, India, and you know, I have mm-hmm. I have sponsored orphans in India before. I think through your organization, through Asian Aid, and let's say I was like, do you know what? While I'm in India and seeing like the Taj Mahal and drinking chai tea, I also want to go visit the orphan that I've been sponsoring at their orphanage. And so I go over there on my trek. I visit the orphanage. Of course, I'm going to take some sort of gift, whether it's money gift or a gift of you know clothing or something, because you know I I want to give to them I you know I come from the lucky country and I want to you know come and share something and so I'm guessing this is what's happening with a lot of a lot of people a lot of tourists want to do this and so is what's happening is that people in India are seeing this happening and then taking advantage by creating fake orphanages um fake orphanages well I wouldn't call them fake orphanages what I would call them is um Good in, in many cases, they're good intentions or good um, organizations that set up facilities to look after orphanages or orphans. But often the fuel, the, 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 when you get people coming and visiting all the time um, or they see that there is a, a, a way to make money by having um, people come and visit these facilities and not necessarily provide the funds to help those children, but to fuel the um, interest of these tourists, it is the wrong way of addressing these issues. There are many different ways of addressing them, but if you have a child being sponsored, for example, by Asian Aid, Mm -hmm. we would ask you to give your support 
to us or through to our partners and they can then make sure that your gifts or your support goes towards those children and where it's intended. If you just ran into these particular places and met these these children without um, being, you know, kind of having the skills or having the understanding of what that kind of visit may actually result in, um, it creates expectation it creates often some level of confusion with the children. We're trying to raise these children in a family-like environment. And then when you have people coming, you know, just for a few days or even just for a few hours, um, it, it often creates quite a high level of kind of, what would you say, stress amongst the, amongst the children, amongst the, 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 the individuals themselves. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is if, if there is people interested in providing, you know, support or going and visiting these children, we ask them to contact and work with to, with our partners and let our partners provide the support that's needed to our to these children, so that they can continue on their growth and not um, kind of have misrepresentation or different um, issues emerge after the visits have occurred. So, is this you know, is this often is this uh, kind of like treating children as if they were like a zoo animal and you go to the zoo to visit the animals and is that like is that creating sure. almost like a mentality of, of like a, a beggar mentality like if as long, you know, as long as you look cute children are not children are not tourist attractions mm-hmm. you know tur- children are individuals they 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 uh, they require you know access to their rights they, they have to be treated with dignity with respect um, and they're not—they're not individuals that are just sitting in a in a facility where people can come and look at them and say, "Oh, you poor child." What we what we advocate and what we support is that people provide us with with resources as a way that we can nurture children and provide them with an environment that is healthy uh, for their growth and for their development. Um, and that's that's the main thing. I mean, it's a very complicated area. Um, it, there's not one solution uh, to deal with the problem, but there are certain things that you can do that will basically limit the negative impact of um, of what, what is being done. The Australian government also promote uh, three areas. They say be an informed volunteer, be a child safe volunteer, and be a prepared volunteer. And this is all about making sure that you know the impacts and you know the consequences of what you are doing, you know where your money is going and you are satisfied that the support being provided is um, providing that care and that that support that the child has the right to. So are all these children really orphans or is it creating a problem where, you know, kids are are, are pretending to be orphans or being forced to pretend to be orphans in order to, you know, satisfy this? Mm-hmm. It, do, it does lead to that um, globally. The, the, the statistics are, are quite staggering. Um, right across the world, there's probably they say UNICEF um, suggests seventy to eighty percent of children in orphanages aren't orphans. Oh wow! Um, and, and yeah, it's a, it's a big figure. And you know, orphanages, orphanage tourism is primarily looking at the issue of orphanages and tourism. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of children in boarding schools and, you know, private schools, which is a different discussion or a different area of, of um, concern, which we can talk about at another time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, it is about how tourism can fuel um, the growth of orphanages, which are not intended for the welfare of the children, but more intended for, um, you know, kind of a, what would you say, fueling of a um, supply chain or a trade that um, is really unhealthy. And that's what Asian Aid and ADRA and other organisations are trying to um, are addressing in the way that we work and the way that we support children to make sure that we are conscious of these issues mm-hmm. and don't become one of these statistics where, you know, the children are not um, being treated in the right way and they're not receiving the right care. And that's why we spend a huge amount of time and energy making sure that the children we are supporting um, are, you know, being supported in the right way and they and they have... Um, they are protected in all in all forms, um, and that includes making sure that anyone wants to visit these children um, go through the process of you know learning and education about why we see um, concerns around this particular area. So, so I mean, I'm guessing India is definitely one of the places this is ha- this is happening. But where else on the planet is this happening? Oh. The, the spotlight at the moment, especially from the Australian government, is on Southeast Asia, um, places like Cambodia, um, Vietnam, um, Laos, those particular locations is where the, a, a big spotlight is on. I mean, there's a lot um, of discussion now on Africa. You just have to Google on the internet and you'll find a lot of discussion and a lot of um, things on this particular topic. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, for us, for us, it's, it's, it's very important to know that, you know, there is a role in volunteering. There is a role in providing support. There is a, if you want to volunteer, you know, that I would, you, you need to do some research and look into kind of what kinds of things should you be a lot more aware of before you just up and run into, you know, um, places like orphanages or places where children are being, um, kind of supported in a way that, uh, you know, kind of makes sense rather than just kind of going and visiting a place because you want to see children in, a, in, a, in, a, in an orphanage. It's, it's, that, that's not the right way of looking at things. So if I am sponsoring an orphan and, and I am travelling to that country, so it's not, it's not okay for me just to, to turn up and be like, hi, I'm here. So before no. I, if, I, if I would like no. to visit, I have to go through um, the, the correct protocol and that would be, I'm guessing, to go, on, you know, go online, find the, the, uh, the, well, yes. the website. Well, and Asian Aid, we, 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 don't, we don't recommend and we don't um, you know, advise that practice to happen within the children that we're working with because we recognize um, the potential that that would have on the children and, and the children within that facility. We have ways, we have we, we discuss with different uh, volunteers and different donors about things that they can do to help us and to assist these children in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say if you're ever going overseas as a tourist, um, Visiting an orphanage, you know, just for the sake, if if the tour guide says, oh, let's go and visit an orphanage, 
um, to say no. Um, it, it's not. It's not in the best interest of those children. Okay, so the best thing for us to do is not to go visit. Um, uh, orphanages willy nilly, but what else can Australians do? Because you know, if I like, I'm sitting here next to Taryn, and we're not willfully contributing to the problem. But what are some ways that we can help the problem? What are some ways mm-hmm. people sitting on their couches right now can help orphanage tourism stop? Oh well, um, I think what you need to be looking at is if you're going to commit to volunteering overseas, you know, yes, invest in it. Look at look at what you need to. Um, learning what you need to equip yourself for your long-term commitment is often um, something that really can be supportive and helpful if it's done in the right way if you volunteer think hard about what skills you have that will make a real difference to the children mm-hmm. you're know, working with local staff for example teaching English to those staff is likely to have a lot more sustainable impact um, and you know, handing over money to you know orphanages as while you're traveling around overseas, make sure that you you know kind of understand where that money's going. Um, and re- and I'd say another one would be about you know thoroughly research what um, you are intending to do, and then engage with you know the organisation that you have been you know supporting or putting your money through as a way to see what possibilities exist or what um, considerations are being done that would prevent you from doing or visiting these individuals at that particular time. And, of course, we can always sponsor a child through Asian Aid. It's just a, like, was it $2 a day, the cost oh, of a chocolate bar? Yep. Well, thank you so absolutely. much for joining and, and us. We, we, yep. we provide updates on those children. We, 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 contact, we contact them regularly and we can provide you with any information that you require in regards to the welfare of those kids. Wonderful. Check out the Asian Aid website. I believe they're also hiring at the moment. So if you wanted a job in uh, in this wonderful yes, field. we're looking for a communications manager, someone to help me out with these types of discussions. So fearfully, wonderfully made Somehow you forgot along the way Knitted together by my hands Swept away by the world's demands You are so fearfully, wonderfully made Somehow you forgot along the way Knitted together by my hands Swept away by the world's demands And I have called you by
It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Hey, Mon. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh, yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. (laughs) Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. Someone in the great somewhere 